Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Jewish Divorce Project. I'm your host, Noam Rauscher. And I'm your host, Liron Tal. Join us as we kvetch and kvel about Judaism and divorce. From our perspective as two Jewish professionals and two divorce coaches. And two Jewish parents with lots of experience and plenty of opinions. Hello, everyone. It's me, Liron, your co-host of the Jewish Divorce Project. But today, I, it is just me. Noam is not feeling well. And um, it's really weird not having him here. Um, I'm talking to Craig because I feel like I need to be looking at someone and talking to someone. So thank you, Craig. Always good to have you here. Yeah, Noam did the big move. He finally found um, his place and he's packing. And of course, he he's so stressed and tired that he's now not feeling well, which you're, really you're sucks. Today. Yeah. Oh, thank you. So he was like, you could cancel or why don't you just do it on your own and bring someone in? So um, that's what we're doing today. And I'm so excited about my friend that I reached out to, which you will meet in a little bit. Um, but yeah, thinking about Noam and just, uh, I really like feel for him. And I've been there when you're on your own and you're sick and you have to do everything and no one's there to take care of you. And um, anyways, Noam, this is for you. We wish you well. And uh, I'm sure everybody who is a single parent can relate. Right? So Absolutely. I mean, knowing him, he's going to do fine. He, yeah. He'll probably just counsel himself. Yeah. Well, you know what? He did good by not pushing himself today and coming in. You know, he t- did some self-care. He put himself first. He knew that he needed to just take care of himself. So that's really great. I'm Absolutely. really happy about that. Um, well, I'm trying to think of what's happened this last week because usually Noam has a lot to say. So let me think about this last week. Well, I had my kids this past weekend. Oh, I actually had a really great weekend. My kids were going with their dad to the motocross uh, event, and it was my weekend, but I let them take them for the day, and then it was for the night. So I had this random last-minute time to myself, and I was like, cool, I'll just stay home, I'll work. But then my friend, who is staying in La Quinta, she's like, what are you doing tonight? What are you doing today? Or no, tomorrow. She asked me on Friday. Anyways, I just decided to get in the car. I drove out there. We had a whole spa day. We watched a movie. We woke up in the morning. We went on a hike early, and then I got home to pick up the kids. So and I felt very a, accomplished. Had a nice relaxing day. The kids were out in motocross and, and all fired up. When they got home, how are the two? How the two mixed together? That they're fired up, and you were relaxed. Yeah, I know. I was like, "Go! You ha- you probably miss your devices right now." <laughs> I need a minute. Let's keep this going. No, it was so good. It was such a great moment. And then this was like the mom moment. After motocross, they ended up going to another friend's house and they were watching the game, right? Good games. And I was on my way back from La Quinta and I was like, hey, you guys hungry? I show up with In-N-Out for all these guys. The dad was stoked. Like it was, it was a win day. You can bring that over here anytime you want also. Okay. Okay. Now I know. (laughs) Well, um... I'm not going to just rant for no reason. We are going to go out to commercial. And when we come back, we have our special guest, Lauren Connor. The law offices of Alexis M. Langer provide estate planning services, helping California families, business owners, and individuals build a plan that protects them today and preserves their legacy for generations to come. For more information, visit www.alexislangerlaw.com. And we're back from commercial. Thank you. So um, I have, I'm so excited because I am about to introduce someone I just love dearly. And um, we met through my, when I was the preschool director. 
at our synagogue out here in Burbank. And we, um, she came in with her family uh, to join the preschool and leave, you know, switch synagogues too, which was a big thing. Maybe we, that was, what we, that was our hope. <laughs> We're going to talk about this together. This is a lot <laughs> of how you got to us. Mm-hmm. But anyways, we met Lauren. I just want to say hello. Welcome. Thank you. Hi. Great to be here. Yeah, we're so happy you're here. So Lauren and I have had so many interesting conversations about divorce as, uh, you know, she's a child of divorce. Uh, We were in the same community when I was going through the divorce. So we've been in connection in a lot of different ways as as I've become a divorce coach as well. Um, And I'm now running my business through her and she's helping me with advice in that area because this is what she does. So Lauren, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi. Um, So I'm Lauren Zeslansky-Connor. I am a fractional COO, uh, that's a chief operating officer with the To-Go Advisory Group, which is a new role for me. And I help businesses get to the next level. um, And I take visionaries' ideas and help them put action plans in place. Which is exactly what I needed. (laughs) And that's what I'm working with Lorana. Um, Prior to this, I actually ran a virtual funeral memorial business called Gathering Us. At the same time, I was co-president of Burbank Temple Emanuel. So that was where Lorana and I met over 10 years ago. And my two-year-old that I was looking for preschool at the time is having his bar mitzvah in a few weeks. So I'm I'm, (laughs) I'm in full circle. Yep. Yep, and you were you were at Micah's bar mitzvah. Micah's bar mitzvah. We were at out at your older son's <laughs> yeah, bar mitzvah. My older yeah. son was a few years ago, so yep. we've been doing that. And um, so in both of the roles, kind of during COVID, I was doing the you know the both the synagogue as well as running a business that was about difficult transitions, right? So people end of life, and so that is very relevant to what all of you are thinking about and going through. Yeah, yeah. We've talked about that, about the grief and the similarities that go through the the grief cycle that people go through through divorce. And I think a lot of people don't really get get it unless you've either experienced it yourself or if you've seen your parents go through it. I think that's something that I don't have that experience. I coach in a way where it's a lot about my personal experience. But when it comes to that, my parents are still married after 46 years happily. So I have a totally different perspective of seeing my kids where I'm like, I actually reached out to my friends who I knew had divorced parents because I was so worried they were going to get completely screwed up. I didn't know a life for kids with divorced parents, you know? And I remember, like, I remember a couple of friends that were like, I turned out fine. I'm like, can you please talk to them? <laughs> yeah, I and mean, it's challenging at every step, right? It's, yeah. it's so many things that make it challenging. And I think going, going into the process, knowing that it impacts your kids in ways that you can't possibly fathom, mm-hmm. um, but also having loving parents in any format is is helpful and you you know and necessary well it's so there. funny to think back is that i had so many friends who had divorced parents and they were always at my house it's like i was already taking them in and like helping them then you know and it's like all my all my best friends were like i mean i had a friend in elementary school i can't even believe in fourth grade she she lived pretty far she would get on her bike and come to our house when her parents would fight and she'd sleep over and my parent, my mom would come in in the morning and see her in my bed and just text her mom like she's here and she'd make her lunch and take us to school. Like, oh. yeah, it's now crazy. Now you can't really do that. No. <laughs> oh, my God. Different times. Different times. <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me your experience, um, first of all, in um, what, what would you like to share with us? Would you like to share with us about um, your experience with going through your parents, seeing your parents go through a divorce? 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's a you know it's a different time, right? And I think you know, <laughs> it's been thirty years, and it's still it's still fresh on some level. But it's actually not the divorce that's the fresh part, right? It's the sort of the conflict that that led to in later times. Mm -hmm. um, but it also makes me really aware of having friends who are either going through divorce or thinking about you know what their marriage is. Um, you know, and I think everyone, you know, everyone struggles in life and partnership. But, you know, when you, you meet somebody who has, um, you know, a relationship that might not be giving them all they need. Right. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm kind of aware of that. Um, I'm also aware of that people, you know, my parents have become very different people than they were back then. And so, you know, looking at that is like, you know, it, it might be really rough for a while, but kind of helping people see that there is a way to find yourself in the future. Yeah. Is really important. Yeah, I think it's so interesting because, you know, so many people think it's what's best for the kids is to stay together and they stay together until the kids get older. But like, I know there's quite a few kids that are like, I'm happy that they like divorce was necessary. And I mean, just being able to know that that's OK. And then it's seeing that. So that's where that gives you that insight when you're talking to your friends. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, in my house, in my household, there was not fighting. There was it literally was like a bomb was dropped. Nobody expected. Oh, it was. Yeah. OK. Most of us in the family. Oh. But um, but that said, you know, I see people who have, um, you know, unhealthy partnerships and, you know, some of them move, move through it. <clears throat> and that's great. And other people really. Well, it's the ones. It's the. So there's this they're calling it the great divorce right now. I just heard this whole podcast that Kate Anthony, who was here, she was on Mothering Heights. Um, uh, do you know that? podcast? Oh, it's amazing. Um, it's an it's a wonderful, wonderful podcast. Anyways, um, she was on there and they were talking about the great divorce and that this is now a time where it is just women that have just had it, like had just had it. And so to be a friend. It's married, whether you're happily married or unhappily married. I mean, I actually I think it's very quite very different mm -hmm. in the way you can support someone. But to have a friend that's now you're seeing them and they're really actively talking about their marriage and and you know that can be draining. It brings up your own stuff, like. But it's it's really about women are feeling empowered. I think after the Me Too movement and after we've had so many things where everybody's like, yeah, you know, like. <laughs> You know, it's, it's, um, I, I don't know. I, she was talking about how as a married, um, Leonora Pitts, who runs the podcast, she was talking about how as a married friend, sometimes it's like you get a little jealous or it's like, wait a minute. Yeah. My husband does that too. Like <laughs> what, the, what the fuck? My husband doesn't do that shit either. Like you, it's really right. easy to get into that. Right. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think, <laughs> I, I think it's funny. It's funny because there's sort of the, the, um, like, the stereotype of the married person trying to get everyone to get married or the single person trying to get everyone else to get single. And I think it's important to say, you know, like if somebody's struggling or not struggling, but it's not like you need to get married and then we can hang out again or um, dump that guy so we can go out and yeah. get drunk. Like you have to be really sensitive yeah. to that because I'm also aware of the like, you know, if you if you pressure somebody to ditch that guy. Two minutes later, that guy is hearing. You have to sort of be careful, like to to pile on during the fight as well. So I think it's it's really as a friend, it's yeah. thinking about you know supporting, but also letting the person kind of go through their own self discovery without being hundred percent. Yeah, that's yeah. why so many women are very secretive about it. Um, you know, like I know I didn't tell anyone. Like you don't 
you don't want everyone to know you're so worried about your circle of friends and the community you're in and the synagogue. That's something else that's like we really felt. I mean, when I was going through the divorce, um, a lot of people didn't know at first. And then once people started to know and it was I didn't want anyone to know until the kids knew what was happening. The minute the kids knew and they like used their Hebrew school classes like group therapy. Micah went to class and uh, and just started pouring out. It was just like, my parents are getting a divorce. And I remember the, some of the kids were like, no, we need to get them back together. Like, they were so, <laughs> that's what it came out when he said. Yeah. Like, oh, Z wants us to get back together. <laughs> wants well, my to make son a plan. still says it. And, oh, yeah. your son. <laughs> my son asked, you know, Lerone and her ex-husband, like, as they were splitting, like, here you're splitting up, but do you still love each other? And he asked, is it the most awkward <laughs> moment? We both had to be there for like a graduation. It was like somewhere. It was the band camp thing. <laughs> Whatever it was, yeah. It was something. Oh. Yeah. And so that's also a thing, right? And I, Lauren, came, you came running over behind him. Like. <laughs> it's, yeah, he does not have a filter. And I think that was a, such an oh. interesting thing. But he thinks about it. He still talks about that. Well, the know? worst was that Shaw was like, of course. And I was like, No. <laughs> I was always like, do you still, when people are splitting up, do you think they still love each other? And I was like, well, <laughs> maybe they respect each other and they want, they love their children. And I think that's important to note. Yeah. Um, but yeah. It is. No, but I ended up, I realized in that moment that I had this responsibility where we were the first, which is crazy to me, but in our specific circle, we were the first ones to get a yeah. divorce. And that's so interesting. And I look around and I'm like, we do have a really nice group of married couples. I mean, everybody's has their shit, and I don't know exactly what's going on behind everyone's yeah. closed doors. But like, I've always admired your relationship and your marriage, and you guys have seem to be friends and partners in a lot of ways. And a lot of the, the men in this group are partners. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's days that <laughs> when the women get together, we say otherwise, right? But I started realizing that the comparison was different a little yeah. bit in our in my situation. But it's hard when you are like, when you're going through issues or disappointments or whatever it is that you're feeling and other people are complaining about their husbands, you start to be like, oh, it's not that bad. Right, right. But when you're with couples who truly get a, you know, have a good relationship and there isn't constant fetching and complaining, um, it's such, such a lovely, it's such a nice, it's so nice, nice people to be around. And I still want to hang out, but it's hard because it's like. It changes when you're not a couple. It changes. And I think one of the things that I always remember as a kid or like when my mom would meet her friends and they would be like, you know, she would be the odd man out. And she always felt like that was, um, you know, kind of a big sticking point. Oh, when you get a boyfriend, you can come back, you know, come back. Or here's the price per couple. Or everyone's, you know, walking to her car at night by yourself. And so I really think about that as I have friends who are separated or divorced or widowed thinking about like. They don't have to lose their friendships. And I want to be really, and I'm, you know, sensitive to that yeah. because it's really crappy when you, you know, you go through a divorce and now you're like, I lost my spouse. And now all the people that I want to hang out with are like, oh, no, you're a scary lady. Yeah. So I, well, and I think if women don't want you around their men, then they must be insecure in their own relationship. Right. And I, I don't know, I'm not trying yeah. to take anyone's no, man. No, no. <laughs> but I, but I also think sometimes it is a, um, it's a perception of you might not be interested, right? Mm-hmm. And not you particularly, but just yeah. in general, right? It's like, there's all these couples. Are they going to feel weird? Maybe I shouldn't invite them. Um, well, they, ch- or or the blaming, right? They chose to do this, so it's on their own, right? There's always yeah. It's so sad, though, because it's like, 
I haven't changed. I still like hanging out. I'm saying I like the single person. You still want to hang out with your yeah. friends. You know, it means so much to me when like everyone knows we're going to a birthday party or something and one of the couples, somebody reaches out and is like, you want to ride? And like offers to pick me right. up. You know, like it's like, yeah, they know I'm on my own. Like right. why would I have to Uber? Like, yeah, get a ride with us, you know? And that just means a lot. And I don't look at it as feeling like a third wheel or I'm, you know, like yeah. it feels nice to feel taken care of, you know? Like, and I, I think... People forget, like, I remember I was friends with everyone's husbands just as much as I was with their wife, with the women. It's not like I'm like, these are my girls and their husbands. Like, we met as couples. So we're all friends. Exactly. exactly. So it's, yeah. yeah. And I just, you know, I think about that, but I see women who are older who are divorced or widowed who have the same issue. Like, everyone's scared. They don't want. And this, I mean, this you goes, feel it in the synagogue, like in in like groups. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's like different group, right? There's yeah. sort of different people, and in terms of, I don't know if the direct divide, but I think when you go from one side to the other, mm-hmm. your friends, there's a shift, and then people either don't invite you, um, or, you know, they make it obvious that you're not, <laughs> you're not wanted. And and how intentional is that? Or do they really do they really think you're going to steal their husband or not? Yeah. You know, I don't know. Yeah. But it is an interesting thing to see that, um, you know, as you go through life, right? Because also anybody who's married could be divorced or widowed in some future state. Um, so this idea that people are like, I don't, you know, I don't understand you and I don't even want to yeah. deal with that, right? It's- I have to say all my guy friends, all my married guy friends, they just want to hear so badly about my single you know, just like the women too, but like the the men are just like, fuck yeah, tell me who'd you do now? <laughs> like, <laughs> like everyone wants to live vicariously through the the single divorced. Uh... <laughs> well, I guess yeah. I mean, I think about single people talk more about <laughs> those those details than most of the married friends I have. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I do just. I mean, but it's similar to when people are widowed, and it's like they just feel like they're not invited anymore because I think it it opens up insecurities, right? Uh-huh. In your own marriage, in, you know, oh, no, like, you know, I don't want to think that that could happen to me. So I don't even want to talk about it. So yeah. I could see, I see that happening. And I think as, you know, people who are still married, right, it's a little onus, onus is on us to say, like, don't feel uncomfortable being here by yourself. Like, this or is don't not... assume that the other person is uncomfortable. It's just like we're putting, yeah. Yeah. And we have lots, and I have lots of single friends who have yeah. never been married and, you know, and people stay at our house and. And I think it's also interesting, you know, you talk about your male friends. I think when you have friends that are other denters, like you have a different perspective of people's lives than mm-hmm. if you're all your friends are the same. Yeah. Right. I think you you have different ways to connect. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, it's um I was just thinking about again when we were at the at the temple when you were in the president. Like, mm-hmm. do you think I just had something happen today that was really annoying and it's reminding me of this a little bit. My um, son's teacher, when she does parent-teacher conferences, she sends out the thing and she's like, sign up for a Zoom or in person. Um, Only one appointment per child is allowed or whatever she writes Mm. it. And last time I was like, listen, my ex and I cannot get on the same schedule. Like it's it's a 15-minute Zoom, like whatever. I was like, we literally are on opposites. Can we do it? And she would not let us do it. And so this time around when she sent it, I was like, this is bullshit. Like, so I emailed the principal and I was like, is this a classroom policy or is this like your policy for the school? Because as a divorced family that's co-parenting, this is really not conducive or fair. Right. Like, finally, he he wants to come. He wants to be involved. He actually wants to go to the conference. Like, and, you know, like, why make it difficult? 
Um, do you think that at synagogues, or I guess it, I'm not going to say speak for all synagogues, yeah. but at, at where you are, do you feel that you can look back and kind of see if there were th- ways that you've maybe improved or changed or become more sensitive to understanding? I'm sure there's more and more divorced right. families. Yeah. I mean, I, and again, I don't know if there's more now. I think, you know, over time, right, the yeah. generations um, shift. I think, you know, there's a handful of ways. Also, you were going through this and it was like pre-COVID. Like there's yeah. so many other things yeah. happening as well. I mean, on a, oh, yeah, this is the guy has gone through. <laughs> but on a a, just a, the whole world. Right? But on a basic level, I mean, I think about it, even just the forms and the communication, yeah. right? It's like, you know, a while ago, it's like, it's like parent one, parent two, right? And like, what is like. So if I'm the primary parent, the second, and this is for married people too, I get all the stuff and then I get mad that my husband doesn't answer it and he never got it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's, um, I see this with bar mitzvah planning, right? It's like everything comes through one parent. Yeah. Um, but I do know that, you know, I think there's the like logistics of just paperwork. There's the. What about like yeah. the way you market um, things where it's like a couple price for an event or if it's a. Um, like yeah. moms things, dads things, women, men, family. Like I feel that a lot of synagogues are trying to do, are, are doing a much better job when it comes to inclusivity, right? And I remember yeah. even when I started there, which was crazy. It wasn't even that long ago in 2011. Mm-hmm. Like all of the paper, all the forms said mom, dad, mother, father. Oh, okay. And we did Mother's Day and we did Father's Day and like – it wasn't until we finally had our first same-sex family. We didn't. We never had. There, there yeah. hadn't been until it was crazy. Like, yeah. And we changed so much stuff. And then I had the I had two moms on the board, the two dads on the PTA, and they helped me. And we went through the whole thing. And they were the ones that were like, "Don't stop doing Mother's Day." Like, right, right, right. We'll bring a grandma. We'll bring a friend. But like, it's everyone's doing it. Well, and it used to be Mother's Day. Like Mother's Day was during lunch. I don't know if this mothers is and muffins or mothers, but Daddies in many schools it was like dads in the morning because yeah. they go to work and yeah. mom lunch. And oh, we did do that. Yeah, and that, yeah. Think about that that's a big deal, right? Like that's you're you're yeah. making it pretty clear that you don't expect the mom to. So have we work. did. We started doing like morning, early morning yeah. for the moms. That was a shift. I mean, I think on the billing or the person of record, we you know now we have a new system. We finally got our shul, shul cloud system for whatever that's. But in terms of, you know, one kid with two addresses versus two parents, you know, that's something that we really need to, you know, that we work towards when we have a new system. Um, And it's not mother, father. Oh, and last names, because so many of the moms either didn't change their last name or then they've changed it back. And that's always complicated, too, to like. Like the teachers always have a hard time knowing who's associated. So interesting. Yeah. 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 And I haven't I. You know, my pers- I'm sort of looking at that at the back end of like, okay, we have to bill somebody. It's two parents who who might not be on the friendliest terms are supposed to pay for this kid's Hebrew school. How does that work? And so we we have to, you know, be sensitive to that, and then also figure out how to actually, you know, stay stay in business. Yeah. So it, that's that's one area that I've really seen it. Like we have to think about that. Um, and I guess it's it's also, you know, when I when I see B'nai Mitzvah kids, and there's we have a lot of interfaith couples. Um, and so if those split up, there might be one parent who is cares or one grandparent who's paying for Hebrew school, right? We see that a lot. And it's how do we include the, you know, n- the other parent who might not be Jewish and isn't involved and now they're not married and we have to. You know, That's the rabbi's it. responsibility. Yeah, but it's the whole way through. So we yeah. spend a lot of time in the B'nai Mitzvah process. Um, I tend to meet with both family members and both parents. Um, 
and just talk about, you know, who you want to honor. And this could be a Jewish nice family and not a Jew. You know, this could be a not Jewish person doing this honor and the Jewish person doing honor. And OK, how do you want to lay out? I'm thinking about this now. You know, I'm gonna, I don't want to lay out the Elliot so nobody's you know kicking each other. So are you saying this is what you guys are doing? I do a lot of that when I'm doing each B'nai Mitzvah. I have. So been, what's your role in the? What is my role in the B'nai Mitzvah process? It has been almost like a coordinator. So synagogues need to do this. They might not yeah. have this person. Um, and, and it's actually a role. I've, I've passed some of it on, but some of it I'm still doing. I, as a board member. As a board member and as a volunteer, I will work kind of coordinating the different clergy uh, members as well as the family to say, how do we um, personalize this service for you? Oh. Right. Because each family member, you know, has a different relationship to Judaism. And so I like to have calls with the kid and the parents, both parents or multiple parents or whoever that is, um, and to figure out how each person wants to kind of engage in the service and the process. Yeah. Right. So we sort of meet at the beginning and then we meet towards like I'm at the point where, oh, no, I have to do my I haven't done my four week check in. Um, but I, I wish yeah. Noam was here today. Noam, you're going to listen and hear this. All right. He was, this is what he wanted. Remember, Craig, he was talking about his process of going through the bar mitzvah with his ex-wife and how it was like they didn't have that person. And yeah. I was saying that's what I was trying to do at my old job, right? Right. <laughs> but I was a hired staff person for that, which is way harder because then you get into piled up and so many other things that that's the stuff that I really wanted to do was help the families right it's the it's and us, yeah and it's, it's so important every it's so family it should be someone from the congregation I think that's a that should be something that's uh, you know to, to handle them to really help them get through the process not just dealing with the staff and the clergy and yeah yeah and I, I mean I think sometimes there's misconnection there's not a good connection there you know right Right. And, and just check, you know, being able to check in with people and making sure that, like, everybody is kind of on board. Um, but some people are not, you know, they don't want to be engaged, right? They're mm -hmm. not, like... They're just like, they're, where do I send my they're check? They're introverted. <laughs> they don't want to be there. Yeah. So I think just trying to personalize it because everyone has different issues, yeah. right? And I think about that with, like, my own experience of, like, my own wedding invitation, you know, was everything was controversial. Um and just really trying to help those families and guide them. Um, and that's kind of separate from the actual uh, pastoral care yeah. or, you know, whatever, that that actual, like, guiding people and helping them. And I think it's making it welcoming to people. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the welcoming piece is always a struggle, right? I mean, I think, you know, there, there are fewer, like, the gender-specific clubs. Like, how do you get support from women but don't? assume that every woman has a husband to leave her kids with, right? Mm -hmm. And so what does that look like when it comes to childcare? What does that look like yeah. to just sort of invite well, all of in? All of this is what is going to support and encourage more single right. household families and single fathers and single mothers to feel comfortable mm -hmm. coming to a congregation. Yeah. It's a hard, they need it more than anything. Like they need that community and wherever they find that community. And if the, and, but to feel truly embraced, you know, and to know that it's not, embarrassing or it's not a failure or you know what I mean like to to kind of normalize it and make that a choice that you can make without feeling like you're going to lose all your friends and you're going to lose your community and yeah. I think I think one thing that you know there's areas that we probably could do better because I think you know often when there's a divorce it's like somebody gets the synagogue in the divorce right somebody gets that community yeah um we haven't I'm not sorry we've never right but I, I can't think of offhand a, a situation where both 
both exes. Yeah, yeah. There are some that where both people are are still involved, and it's hard. That's a that's a kind of a complicated thing, um, but we we try to work through that as well in terms of. I do have to say, I just thought of something so so sad. So because I was an employee at the synagogue, but I was also it was also my community, right? Which tends to happen to a lot of people that work in the Jewish community. You end up having, you know, their their kids are there, um, and uh, this was our group. These were our friends, and when of course, and all the teachers are my employees, right? So when his dad would come to pick up, he had all the women like glaring at him. <laughs> <laughs> and that's really and he was like, I was just here for Father's Day, like poor guy, you know, and I'd I'd feel so bad for him and I'd be like, You guys go easy on him. It's okay. It's okay. Oh, that's tough. <laughs> he was so sad. That's tough. Yeah. And I think and I think that's not but, like great. brave of him, you know, he'd walk around, had to walk through. <laughs> and that's not good for anyone, right? No, like it's, and but I know, you know, I know how that works, right? But it's um but, like he had to pick up his school, he had to go to his ex wife, you know, his wife who's getting a divorce from him for a job and walk through all these women that work for her that hate him just to get his kid from preschool. Oh man. That no. sucks. That sucks. <laughs> and I think, and I think I, think I, I have a lot, I, it took me a while to like, right. I have these moments now where I can look back and be like, oh, that sucked for him. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it could be, it could be much worse, right? Because yeah. everyone's going to be on the side of the person that know, but you know, the, I think it's being sensitive about how much information you give the people at work and you give the staff and you know, how do oh. you, how are you sensitive without, you know, being super one-sided. And yeah. I think that's really hard. It's hard as a Oh, I did all the things wrong. Person. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I did all the things wrong. I know now. Oh, I vilified every ex-boyfriend. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it, it's it's something tricky. And it's also, you know, the, how does it play with the kids? And the kids are curious. Mm-hmm. And I think because I have a child who has no filter, he would just jump in and ask, right? But a lot of kids are doing what the adults are doing. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, he would just come up to me and be like, so how does it feel when the kids go to their dads? I'm like, oh, God. (laughs) But I think. Thanks, dude. (laughs) I'm trying to forget about it. Because he doesn't think of it with shame. Right. And I think that's on some level. Right. I I always we always talk about this. He gave me so many moments Mm -hmm. where like I really had to like grow. Oh, God. If only I could answer him with no filter. Yes. And it's... really be like, why how the fuck do you think I feel? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well it's like any celebrity, right? You know, oh, you're going through a divorce on the cover of People magazine. You know, yeah. how do you feel? And you're like, why, why, why are you asking me this? People question? say, is this congratulations or I'm sorry? The weirdest thing when people say that. Uh, were you close? Or is um, this congratulations or I'm sorry? I'm just like, it's Yeah. Is it your business? <laughs> It's like like when I was pregnant, people like, was was it on purpose? I'm like, really, really, you're gonna go there now? It's funny. Uh, Yeah, I had an office full of people who asked me that. I was like, this is really weird. Um, Well, Lauren, yes, this was so fun. Cool, thank you. I really enjoyed having you on. This was awesome. Um, And I, I just want to leave with actually one more thing I wanted to share to talk about with you. Um, I was about to leave, and then I was like, wait. So what would you say would be a good, if you could give like words of wisdom or a tip to mm-hmm. friends who, women who ha- are married, supporting their friends through divorce, what would you say would be kind of the important things, not like you're an expert, but yeah. you are, you, you've, you, you get it. You've seen it from the perspective of your, of your mom. I think that you seeing her feeling like the odd man out at events is a really insightful 
kind of mm-hmm. thing to see as a child that now as a friend you can understand and have compassion for. So you have a lot of compassion <laughs> in this sense. What would you say are some things that yeah. someone can maybe utilize and, and think about when they're helping their friends? So I think if you go kind of even before somebody's talking about divorce, right, when they're planning their lives, you know, and I have, it's like, you know, oh, my husband's going to work and I'm going to stay home. And I said, okay, that's great. Now are you going to get life insurance? <laughs> are you going to think about how that works, right? Because. And with Alexis for estate planning. Yeah. Like, what is that? Oh, yeah. Great. But thinking about all of those things, because, you know, if something happens and, um, you know, my mom was divorced at about, you know, 40 something. My mother-in-law was widowed at about that same age. Uh, or um, both of my husband and I were like 16 when all this went down. And I think about like anything could happen. So are you, even if everything is wonderful, let's start with like making sure your stuff is in order and you know where to find it, right? Um, I think that's really important. Best advice. Right? Yeah. And then as you're thinking about like, uh, you know, whether it's, want to wait till the kids graduate in 10 years or four years or two years, and then I'll deal with it, or I'm miserable and I don't think I can live with this one longer. It's trying to put those things in place. So it's, you know, working if you have to, um, or if you don't have to, if you just want to, right? Because at some point, if you're having your own life, maybe start having your own life, spend time, you know, with your spouse, but also spend time without your spouse. I mean, this is sort of a general thing. Um, But just make sure that you're not putting all your eggs in this one person's basket, especially if you just feel like, you know, they're not trustworthy or they're not responsible or they have an out and I don't. So I think it's it's looking at that and at what point do they come to a coach and say, you know, what should I be thinking about? And and that's really sensitive, right? Because I would imagine many people like don't even want to say the word divorce if they're not thinking, if they're not ready to pull the trigger, right? Because then you reverse it and you have the fear of like, oh my God, they're going to say something, right? I mean, I literally have experience of telling to somebody dating what do you think of her? Nah, I don't really like her. And then a year later, they're married. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, well, that's why it's hard. Again. And there's times where you get to a point with a friend and you can only support them so much and you can't help them make that decision. And that's when you have to say, you should see a divorce coach. And it's it's almost awkward, like, like telling your friend, like, you need therapy, you know? Right. But it's just a matter of like, this is out of my, now yeah. this is out of my scope. Exactly. And what because, do you, yeah. Yeah. So I would say, you know, okay. Is there knowing a when to get him help? Exactly. Hey, I know someone who help. could potentially help um, help you think about those things, yeah. right? And as a friend, like I have, you know, the idea of like giving that as a gift to somebody. Like mm-hmm. here's, you know, here's one session that you could just talk out with That's somebody, nice. right? That's a nice idea. Um, website idea. But <laughs> I think if you, you know, helping people sort of see that, and also modeling what it is to be um, on your own, like day to day as well as like forever right there are definitely people who you know never have a spouse and are happy as can be right and it's not like married people are all happy there's one thing that you didn't say always bring wine (laughs) (laughs) exactly come on yes you're right how many nights did we have with some wine oh yeah 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 and i want some now (laughs) thank you you. so much that was amazing um was so fun thank, thank you. you for helping me in my first uh, experience of podcasting on my own we miss you Noam. we miss I you know. but um, i'm excited for you to watch and listen <laughs> thank you all right for having me this was terrific yeah was and um tell really quick tell everybody if they need your services for their business how can they get in touch with you are you on i'm on linkedin basically is probably the best way lauren okay. zaslansky connor that's with a z 
Um, and I'm with a to-go advisory group, so it's the number two G-O advisory group. You can find us there. Awesome. Or find Lerone and she'll find me. Yeah. All right. Thanks so much. <laughs> Thank Take you. Care. Bye. If you're interested in becoming one of our sponsors or have questions and thoughts about the podcast, please email us at thejewishdivorceproject at gmail.com. And you can always find us on social media at The Jewish Divorce Project on Facebook and Instagram. And if you'd like to work with me, I specialize in divorce coaching for women. I can be found at mydivorceconcierge.com and on Facebook and Instagram at mydivorceconcierge. And if you're interested in working with me for divorce coaching or spiritual coaching, I work with people of all kinds, of all backgrounds as well. My email address is noamrauscher at gmail.com. That's N-O-A-M-R-A-U-C-H-E-R at gmail.com. And you can also find me on Facebook and on Instagram at noamrauscher.